from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We can change the course so that our city, our communities, and our neighborhoods grow and thrive again, north and south of Del Mar. This is not some abstract dream idea. This does not feel like a statement that is necessarily applauding her vision. We all agree that in in theory and in idea, a $150 million investment in North St. Louis is good. I think it got more reaction than my tweet about the actual speech. But. Yeah, I mean, people are really excited about this. Did she explain how they're going to bring back this recycling pickup? No. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last night, St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones delivered her first State of the City address and struck a hopeful note after her first year in office. I hold no illusions of the scale of challenges St. Louis faces. Growing up, I saw my family and my neighbors struggle with a kaleidoscope of problems, many we're still facing today. But I know St. Louis, where Dredd and Harriet Scott sued for their freedom, St. Louis, the Silicon Prairie. St. Louis, the only city to ever take on the NFL and win. St. Louis, the gateway to the West. St. Louis, the place that launched an international movement for black lives. St. Louis can and will rise to these challenges, righteously and honestly. If we do so together, We'll make St. Louis the best it's ever been. And that is Mayor Tashara Jones commemorating the end of her first year in office and laying out plans for a whole host of initiatives. And joining us now with the latest is St. Louis Public Radio reporter Rachel Lipman. Rachel, welcome. Hey, Sarah. Happy to be here. So, Rachel, this was Mayor Jones' first State of the City address. Um, and she said, to the best of her knowledge, this was the first given outside City Hall. Did it feel historic in some ways? I think it was the first one given outside of City Hall in decades was what she said. I certainly can't remember in the years that I've been here in St. Louis, them doing it outside of like the Board of Aldermen Chambers. And I think she went very, uh, you know, clearly towards making it a moment, making it something where, you know, the pomp and the circumstance that you expect from a State of the Union address to, you know, make it very similar to that or a State of the State address in the chamber of the of the House of Representatives. And, you know, the, the location definitely had significance. It was at Harristow State University, which is an historically black college and uh, university. She herself is a graduate of a different uh, HBCU. She went to Howard University. And she also mentioned in her speech that her family lived on at one time in a neighborhood that is now the grounds of Harristow State University. It was called Laclede Town. So she definitely wanted to sort of connect all of those things together and, and make the statement of this has been my first year in office and this is how going forward I will reset the city. So this felt to me like a very personal speech in some ways. It was also very evocative. She talked about her mother parents. Uh, this is Eddie and Daisy Whitfield, who bought a home in the city's Wells Goodfellow neighborhood back when it was still largely white. They called it the Big House, and it was a family gathering place. And then she talked about how in 2010 it was lost to fire. And she noted that most of the family's supportive network of neighbors had left the neighborhood. Jones said, the St. Louis I knew, and so many of us knew, has changed. 
I miss the big house, and I'm not alone. Too many of our families have seen their neighborhoods fade like my grandparents' old photos. The legacies and memories we cherish from homes passed from generation to generation have been left to crumble. We cannot rewrite the past, but we can have the hard conversations about how we align our priorities so we can be a city where everyone can succeed across racial lines. We can change the course so that our city, our communities, and our neighborhoods grow and thrive again, north and south of Del Mar. And again, that's Mayor Jones using her family story to talk about some policies that she wants. What did you make of that part of the speech, that more personal introduction? I think she was attempting to say that she, the vision of St. Louis that she holds is not necessarily new. Now, she did make it clear within the speech that the idea that there was a golden era for everyone in St. Louis was not true. For Mm -hmm. her family and many others like them, black families in St. Louis, yes, they were able to succeed, but they also had, you know, uh, barriers placed to their success. White, you know, uh, redlining, for example, was difficult for them to get money for businesses when white flight began. There was uh, disinvestment in their neighborhoods after that deliberate disinvestment, she said. But I think she said it it was an attempt to say that this is a vision that I have, that St. Louis has been like this, and this is what I miss and so many others miss, and this is what I want to create. It allowed people to, you know, get a sense of and understand that This is not some abstract dream idea as recently as the 1940s and 50s. It did exist for black families in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So what's she proposing specifically? I feel like the signature part of this piece is what she hopes to do for North City. What's the proposal? So the proposal is, and we don't know exact details yet, but she wants to take $150 million of the city's remaining stash of Federal American Rescue Plan Act dollars. That's about 60% of the remaining funding and dedicate it in some way, shape, or form to North St. Louis. What that specifically looks like, we don't know yet. It will come from a bill that allocates those dollars specifically, and her administration is looking uh, and getting community input into it. And because of this, the restrictions around the federal money, it can't be something that is used over and over again. It can maybe seed a program or take care of one-time needs, but it can't be used for like an investment fund in North St. Louis. But that was the, the the hallmark of her speech was, I am making an historic commitment to North St. Louis of $150 million. And she pledged to keep an economic justice lens on it, to really invest in neighborhoods, children, etc. She outlined three pillars of how that money would be invested in the city. So you asked Alderwoman Annie Rice, who was there at the speech, you asked her about what role the Board of Aldermen will play in those plans. I continue to be hopeful that we, you know, we as the Board of Aldermen, all, we're all here to serve the city to the, to the best of our capability and, and for the best for the outcomes for our residents here. And I think um, the proposals that were put forward tonight uh, deserve real consideration and, um, and it, it behooves us all to work together to try to get, get to these outcomes. We're talking about pay for our city employees and we know that that is desperately needed. That's something I hear about all of the time and we all do. Um, and investing all of the rest of this money that's coming towards us in a way that makes an impact for future generations and not just in the immediate. So I think, I think we're all on the same page about, you know, um, in big picture how money needs to be spent, it's gonna be down to the, the weeds and how we can work together to make, um, make those policies work the best we can. 
Now, that is Alderwoman Annie Rice. And as you noted to Annie, the Board of Aldermen doesn't always do well in the weeds. Is she going to need them to be on board in order to pull off this program, pull off this spending? She'll need enough of them to be on board. She'll need to get at least 15, realistically more, on board with some of these plans. And that'll be the art of negotiation. Um, Annie told me later in that interview that there has been some outreach from the mayor to the Board of Aldermen, virtually meetings. They've now been getting back in person. And just, you know, there is communication between the mayor's office and the board of aldermen. So yeah, she will need to get enough of the aldermen on board to back the allocation of the money in the way that she wants to. And it's a legislative process. There's There will be some give and take in this. There always is. So Board President Lewis Reed, um, he has been not always on the same page with her. I'll just put it that, that way. That is fair. Um, he issued a response to this speech. I'm just going to read the first couple sentences here. Quote, after more than 240 days, I'm glad to hear that the mayor has finally joined myself and other city leaders in her willingness to target ARPA federal funds, basically, in North St. Louis. Reed continues, although her proposal lacks specifics and dollars, it's good to hear Mayor Jones finally make a verbal commitment to giving the people of North St. Louis the help they so desperately need. From the beginning, this has been a clear priority of the Board of Aldermen. This does not feel like a statement that is necessarily applauding her vision. I think that is a fair way to put it. Um, you know, yes, their relationship is a, a little bit rocky. It goes down to her, comes back to her decision early on in the allocation of federal funding to take out a line item that specifically devoted grants to small businesses in North St. Louis. There was some concern over whether the guidelines on how to spend the federal funding allowed for that. Once new guidelines came out that, yes, it could be, the mayor dropped her specific objections to that proposal. Such money is now on the way to her desk in a different bill. It will be interesting to see if there can be some common ground here, if there are ways for the mayor and the president to sit and say, we are on the same page. We do want the same general things, as Alderwoman Rice said. We all agree that in in theory and in idea, $150 million investment in North St. Louis is good. What the specifics look like will have to come down to some negotiation there. It's it, it's a political statement, which you would expect from two people who have been at odds in the political arena sometimes. So we heard all sorts of reactions to this on social media. A lot of people have thoughts. Gary writes on Twitter, quote, she is finally aligned and supports the asks of the North Side residents and leadership, looking for her leadership to drive tax credits to North Side only and lobby to spend the stadium settlement on the North Side as well. Joe Bygone tweets, quote, what strikes him is the, quote, lack of specifics. I would like to hear how high they are raising city workers to fill the huge gaps like police dispatcher. If it's anything less than a 30% increase, Mm -hmm. then I will be disappointed. Now, it's safe to say she is not talking about a 30% increase. No, the specifics she mentioned was she would be looking for a 3% increase this year on top of what are known as the step increases, which are the yearly salary raises that employees get for length of service. And she is also trying to work some paid leave into the budget as well, about a million dollars. We don't know the exact mechanism for that yet. So as much as, you know, people may share a lot of these broad goals that she laid out, do you think in some cases these details are going to leave people like Joe Bygone disappointed? 
I think, again, that's politics. Yes. You know, there is a finite amount of money that the city of St. Louis has to come in. And unlike the federal government, they cannot run a deficit. They cannot pass a a budget that is out of balance. You know, the mayor says, and she said in her speech last night, that St. Louis is a cheap city, not a poor city. But the the mechanics of how the budget is passed in the city of St. Louis and how the budget is designed in the city of St. Louis can sometimes make it difficult. They don't start from the beginning every year. They start from the base of last year and build on that. So moving money around is a little bit more complicated in the way that the city does its budget. So one quick thing that caught my ear that she referenced in this speech, she talked about the city's homicide rate. She said, quote, our city bucked a national trend of rising homicides between 2020 and 2021. While homicides may have fallen by 25% last year, dot, dot, dot. And, you know, talked about these numbers that ProPublica has challenged, uh, did a very in-depth investigative report suggesting the city manipulated the statistics and that they have just found new ways to categorize these homicides signs, and that if the city had used its old way of tracking these things, St. Louis might have set its all-time murder record in 2020 and had its second highest annual total in 27 years in 2021, changes that might have altered the conversation about the city's success in reducing violent crime. Again, those are the words of ProPublica. She did not acknowledge that this accounting has been challenged. Are you surprised by that? I mean, I would have been surprised if she did mention it in a speech that is looking at her accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that I think we would have all been shocked if a politician in a speech that is supposed to be outlining their goals and their visions and their accomplishments from the previous year had acknowledged something that doesn't make them look good in such a speech. Yeah, she's continuing to use these numbers. And if people want to read the fine print, I guess they have to read a, a very long story from ProPublica. Yes. One other thing, you joked on Twitter, this is your tweet, uh, <laughs> quote, the biggest news from St. Louis Mayor's State of the City tonight, alley pickup for recycling should begin again in May. Now, I know you were joking with that, but that is actually huge news. I think it got more reaction than my tweet about the actual speech. Yeah. I mean, people are really excited about this. Did she explain how they're going to bring back this recycling pickup? No. It was just a line in the speech that said, and when alley recycling pickup begins again in May. I'm guessing that they have been able to, maybe perhaps through some of these hiring incentives, they're also looking at, able to get the refuse drivers needed to run those extra routes to pick up the recycling bins as opposed to just running them for the trash bins. And there were a whole bunch of other side conversations going on at following that tweet as to where the waste goes and the mechanics of recycling. But the pickup of those bins, at least, is expected to begin in May. You'll no longer have to go to an uh, Operation Brightside or other locations to drop off your recycling. Well, a lot of big news that came out of the state of the city. I know you're going to be watching as the Board of Aldermen and the mayor um, discuss their visions for how to help North City as well as all these other factors. I do want to encourage people, you can read Rachel's story that has far more detail about this speech. That's at stlpr.org. Rachel Lippman, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure as always. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. 
If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.